Okay, so, um, welcome everybody to the 39th meeting of the Economy Committee. Some um, members will be attending this morning's meeting via video conference and are no, no witnesses today, Chair. Um, so the meeting will be broadcast live and a recording will be made available on the committee's web pages on the Assembly website. Could I ask members to mute their tablet devices, please? Um, There's a mouse in somebody's system. Thank you. Okay, so moving on then, apologies. Um, we have apologies from, from Claire this morning and we're expecting Gordon. Gordon later on, yeah. Sure. Okay, so moving on then to item number two, which um, is draft minutes. There is a copy of the draft minutes of the meeting from the 4th of November at page five of your packs. Are members content that those are an accurate reflection of the meeting? Great, yes. Thank you. Yes. So moving on then to item number three, Chair's business, and I have a couple of items under Chair's business this morning. First of all, at page 12 of your packs, there's a memo from the committees, uh, sorry, from the CLG on committee rotas and meeting times. And um, this is in order to address the, the current issues relating to statutory and standing committee's use of star leave and to allow adequate time for cleaning and broadcasting requirements. So the committee's next three short meetings finishing at noon will be next week, the 18th of November, the 9th of December and the 27th of January. These meetings will take place in room 29, so we're in the other room next, next week. Um, and me members will receive reminders of that before those meetings, so unless members have any comments on that. Thank you, Chair. Um, secondly, the Chairperson's Liaison Group um, last week agreed that there will be a short suspension of committee meetings this morning from 10.50 to 11.20 to allow members and staff the opportunity to pay their respects on Remembrance Day. So, Chair, that's a misprint. It should be 10.40. I think, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I have two things to do in respect of that, so I'll probably leave a little earlier. Enough, Chair, we, we should be correct on that when we're all right. Um, okay, so then moving on. Um, earlier this week, I had met with some bus tour um, operators here in the city, and they have indicated they're not part of any of the... Um, the strategy groups or any of those kind of groups that are involved in, in that tourism um, po policy development in relation to the recovery plans for, for the sector. Um, and also that, you know, obviously being coach or bus operators, they haven't yet received any funding. So hopefully they will be included in the, the scheme that the infrastructure minister is bringing forward. But they have also highlighted that they form part of the supply chain for the hospitality and tourism sectors, mm -hmm. which have been forced to close. Um, and so it would be hoped that they would perhaps be considered, therefore, in the Part B of the Coronavirus yeah. Business Restriction Support Scheme. So um, if members were um, willing to agree to it, we would write to the Minister um, and ask that she address those issues. Yeah, her. Chair, I think that's really important. Um, as you know, my office is in Sandy Row, and just around the corner is the headquarters for one of the tour operator, bus tour operators and I mean, that sector is just being slaughtered yeah. so I think it is really important that their voice is heard um, so I'm happy to second that proposal. Thank you. Okay, thank you Chair. Thank you. Um, and then an additional item, the, as members will be aware, the Domestic Abuse and, Abuse and Family Proceedings Bill is currently waiting consideration stage. Um, the issue of paid special leave for victims of domestic abuse isn't within the remit of, of the Justice Department and that bill, um, but it has been supported by both the Justice and um, Health Committees and the, um, the Economy Minister has agreed to consider the ideas if there's consensus to move ahead, that she will seek a suitable legislative vehicle to do so. Um, 
Additionally, there are a number of support groups have suggested that the South legal provision for 10 days paid leave be considered. Um, so, if members were willing to agree, we would ask that, that we would write to the Minister to support those views around um, needing to adopt paid special leave for, for victims of domestic abuse. Um, and we could therefore you know, have that as a committee position to respond to the bill. Agreed. Thank Agreed. you, Chair. Okay, thank you. And then a final item. Um, members likely heard the, the Minister responding to, to questions earlier in the week in relation to um, the restrictions and had outlined a figure of four hundred million of a cost to um, the, the local economy. So if members were willing, we would ask that um, the department share that analysis with us. Agreed. Thank you, Chair. Um, and a final item then, Peter, VAT on PPE that you're going to speak Chair, to. Chair, it, it looks as though we are now in a position, uh, as of the end of October, that here locally there is VAT payable on imported PPE if it's coming from the EU, whereas the same doesn't apply if it's being imported into GB. Um, if members were content, I know I, I find it hard to understand. Um, it it's, uh, appears to have been a... Um, failure to include Northern Ireland in provisions in terms of some kind of directive. I'm still trying to get to the bottom of it, but it was just it was brought to my attention and it, it concerned me. Um, hence, I'm sharing that concern with members. So if, if we can, if we can write to probably the economy and finance ministers, mm. just to clarify what's going on there, because obviously um, we don't want a situation where it's it's going to cost more for us to have PPE imported in. Preferably, obviously, we want to manufacture it locally, but if members are content, we try and clarify Agreed. that. Thank you. Okay. Then move, we are going to move to item number five, matters arising, and deal with those issues, and we'll try to deal with the, what's on the agenda before the, the break. Yeah. Um, so matters arising then at page 18 of your pack. Um, 5.1, the departmental response relating to the due diligence um, on the FTC for Ulster University. At the meeting on the 30th of September, members received a briefing from the department on October the monitoring round. Members asked the department to provide a written update on whether due diligence regarding the FTC for the UU has been carried out. Um, the recommendations have been made for UU to follow to allow the FTC loan to proceed. So, um, unless members have any further comments, um, we'll be noting. Thank you, Chair. Okay. So, 5.2 then, at page 20, there's correspondence from the Lord Speaker in Westminster from the Welsh, sorry, to the Lord Speaker in Westminster from the Welsh Government regarding the um, IM Bill amendments in order to urge members of the Lords to consider tabling these uh, to address the concerns with the Bill, which has drafted the Welsh Government believes would fundamentally undermine the devolution um, settlement. I think that has now passed. Yeah, um, we, we just really chair included that because it mentioned us. Um, so we just wanted members to be aware. Um, 5.3 then, at page 42 of your pack, there's correspondence from the Secretary of State from the Chair of the NI Affairs Committee in relation to how the British Government plans to replace EU structural and investment funds with the Shared Prosperity Fund. The committee has um, already registered concerns of stakeholders here regarding the lack of clarity around that fund and the Finance Minister addressed it yesterday in, in the budget um, response as well. So it's to note unless members have any comments. Chair, can the clerk tell us, or can anybody just tell us exactly what the sort of transition date should be from one scheme to the other? 
There are varying answers to that, unhelpfully. Um, and what's the earliest scheme? Can, can we get, could we get a list of potential former schemes yeah, and how they, probably makes a lot you know, a bit of a spreadsheet on that? Yeah, the, the, essentially all of the, the, the money other than the likes of peace and so on <coughs> would cease, I think, either next year or the year after, but we'll get a full list. Yeah. Um, the department will be able to do that for us. Yeah. Okay. Could they help us see just where the risk points are? Yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. Um, 5.4 then, at page 44 of your package correspondence from the new NI to the Audit Office regarding the NIRA report and a number of complaints they have stemming from that. And just to remind members, the PAC has asserted primacy on this issue, so are members content that we forward that correspondence to Agreed. the PAC? Yep. Thank you. 5.5 then at page 50, there's a press release from uh, for the UK statement following the fourth meeting of the Ireland Northern Ireland Specialised Committee between the UK Government and the European Commission. Um, so while the press indicates that um, businesses here will now be able to reclaim VAT when trading in goods to the, with the EU, it also highlights a number of issues that remain outstanding, including those around the supply of goods to supermarkets here. Um, and we've seen some of the, the additional commentary around that this week as well. So it's to note, unless members have any comments. Okay, thank you, Chair. Again, Chair, there will be a cost associated with this for businesses to actually do the, pro the, the, the paperwork. Can we see, see if we sure. can seek to identify what those costs would be? We do. Thanks, Chair. Um, so then at page 51 of your pack, there's a joint letter from the Committee on the Administration of Justice regarding Citizens' Rights Frontier Workers' EU Exit Regulations 2020, forwarded from the Committee for Agriculture, Environment and Rural Affairs. Um, last week we ha had already considered this letter and members agreed to send a response noting the issues um, where it's close interest and that we would be grateful if CAJ could forward on any responses that they receive. Um, to their letter, so as to note, unless members have any comments. Okay. Um, at page 17 of table papers, then there is a um, letter from to the minister from the chair, drafted by the clerk in relation. Should say proposed, not purpose. Chair, my apologies. For <laughs> um, regarding the EAG's terms of reference, so um, our members have had a chance to look at that, and are they content with? Chair, can I come in here? Yep. Um, I think uh, I would like to make my, um, my observation that that letter is fine as far as it goes, but it certainly doesn't reflect um, what I raised last week at the committee. First of all, um, I think just the wording of it is in, in paragraph four, it leaves a lot to be desired. Members also considered that there are pockets of serious deprivation right across our communities. These are identified as existing across our council areas in a range of studies and regular statistical analysis. I'm not talking about pockets. You know, we've had uh, misery and, and the, the um, unemployment figures released yesterday, and uh, the unemployment for Derry City and Strabane, the entire district, the entire local authority, is sitting at 7.1%. Unemployment and compare that to South Belfast, which is sitting at probably, I think it's 4.3 or 4.5, uh, North Down 4.3, uh, Lion Valley 4.1. We're not talking pockets here, I'm talking about a considerable uh, sub regional imbalance in our economy in Northern Ireland. It was referenced in New Decade, New Deal, um, a new approach. 
that we would have, we would look at the salvational differences and, and make sure that we get support right into those areas that have been left behind for decades. That pockets of uh, serious deprivation doesn't wear with me and it's not a reflection of what I say, what I raised. And what I'm saying is that every arms length body, every department within government should have a work programme that deals with uh, sub-regional imbalance. It was committed to by all parties in the executive um, as it resumed and took up the positions um, in January and I have yet to see the outworkings of that in anything that has happened to date uh, within the executive and um, it's just not good enough and I'm, I'm going to come back here every single week into this uh, economic or this committee because this is the committee that drives the economy, this is the committee that scrutinises the economy and if we don't work at trying to raise the level of, of economic betterment and development for the whole of Northern Ireland, then we too have all failed and we failed collectively. I'm not talking about streets, I'm not talking about estates. I'm saying that there's pockets of wealth in, in Derry and Strabane, but there is a whole region of deprivation in my city and region. And it's not just there, it's the west of the province. And that doesn't reflect it. And in fact, I was really angry when I seen that letter and seen it signed uh, by the committee because that's not no, you can't. what the conversation was about last week. Christopher. If the executive's failing, I suggest you take it up with your minister and the executive. Um, in terms of the terminology used in that letter, the fact is that there are super output areas, there are council uh, areas, there are different ways in which uh, the, the country is divided up geographically. And I can give you an excellent example of a pocket of deprivation in my own constituency. Tokmona is a housing estate which is in the middle of the Upper Malone Ward. So if you look at a ward level, and simply at that level, you would assume that it's extremely well off. But it is a pocket of deprivation. It's an island of need in a sea of plenty. Similarly, there are vast swathes of North and West Belfast that can appropriately be described not as pockets of deprivation, but as huge areas of deprivation. And I think it is important, of course, we should support um, regional uh, balance and, and in terms of ensuring that there's greater infrastructure investment, particularly infrastructure. If only you had some influence there. I think it's important that we secure greater infrastructure investment, particularly into the West, to improve uh, the roads network and all of those other things that uh, come from that. But I think it's, it's important also that we recognise that there is, there is need throughout Northern Ireland whether it's north, south, east or west. And, you know, just as the Deputy Chair is saying, every week she intends to come to this committee to um, emphasise the needs of her constituency. That's her absolute right. She would be failing in her job if she didn't do that. But every week when she does that, I will point out that there is need throughout this community, throughout Northern Ireland. And there are pockets of deprivation throughout every one of our constituencies. Do you know, I mean... Stuart represents East Antrim. If you were to look at somewhere like Jordanstown, you would assume that there's great wealth there. But I'm sure he can say that there's pockets of deprivation in around Jordanstown. Of next course door, there are. Next door is Monkstown. Exactly. So I, I think it's dangerous if we go down the road of 
trying to pit one community against another. I think we all recognise that there's need throughout the community, throughout Northern Ireland, and it's our job to try and address that need in the best way that we can. So I'm perfectly comfortable with the terminology used uh, in, in the letter. Chair, if, if I can just, I used pockets because I was conscious of the fact that wards was too big an area. Yes. And I didn't want to put uh, SOA, SOAs because it seemed a bit overly technical, but I can, I can replace it with that because that, that effectively reflects exactly what um, the Deputy Chair, Mr Stalford, is saying. And that's the measurement used to look at where deprivation can be targeted. Um, it's done on those statistical analysis rather than... Um, if you look at the criteria for lots of schemes that are designed to meet deprivation, that, that's what they use. And can I also say, Chair, I am becoming increasingly tired of this stereotyping of my constituency. If you live in the market, if you live in Donegal Pass, if you live in Sandy Road or the Donegal Road or the village or the Beaver Estate or the Woodstock Road or the bottom of the Rivenhill Road or Ballinify, you're not living in an area of plenty. So, you know, I just think it's really important that we don't go down the road of pitting one community against another. Where there's regional imbalance and need, of course we should work to address that, particularly in the realm of infrastructure where there is clearly need uh, to improve infrastructure out west, but I just don't—I don't want us to begin down this road. I think it's dangerous. Thanks, Christopher. John. Oh. Yeah, can I there? Sorry, John's coming in first. Um, okay. the, the wording of the letter isn't. If I was sitting down to write a letter, this wouldn't be my letter. But it's a bit like the difficulties we're having in the executive at the moment. When you're working with a five-party committee, you have to try and reach a compromise in terms of the wording that you send out from that committee. I agree with uh, Sinead's commentary around deprivation, the history of it, where it is, uh, and it needs tackled. I've no dispute with that at all. And as I say, if I was writing this letter, it would be a completely different letter. But I think the objective here is to get a letter from the committee which raises those concerns in a way which identifies Christopher's concerns, my concerns, Sinead's concerns, and move forward. Now, the clerk had made a suggestion there about changing this. So, what uh, well, would read members also consider that there are super output areas? Chair, we can also add to that the, the actual um, data, which will reflect what uh, members have actually said. It mm. shows the areas yeah. uh, in the northwest, in South Belfast, in all other constituencies. It, yeah, can I just make, it allows make you to see a that. suggestion um, that we note the NDNA? Um, terminology which is top priority of the executive will be to develop a regionally balanced economy with opportunity for all. Yes, yes that's quoted. fine. Absolutely. Okay, okay. Sinead? Thank you, Chair. Right. Thank you, Chair. Uh, I mean, uh, I agree with, with uh, Kiva there that, you know, we've gone back to the executive approach. In the absence of a programme for government, that's all we've got at the moment. And there was a number of principles that were accepted by all parties um, in that programme for government. And in, in, in paragraph page 27, paragraph 4.64, it says, investment will be delivered at a regional and sub-regional level on the basis of objective need. Um, in order to drive inclusive growth. Now, um, honestly, Chris, Christopher and, and, and all members, I am not pitting one region against another, but I am saying a principle or a program for government is about driving sub-regional development. It's important for Northern Ireland, it's important for each and every area within Northern Ireland, 
and it needs to be driven in every government department within Northern Ireland and every arms reach body that we sell. We've got to adhere to the principle that this uh, executive all signed up to and has promised to deliver. And so they have to benchmark and make sure every work program has a sub-regional focus. And if they don't do that, they will fail the people of all of Northern Ireland. Thanks. Can I uh, suggest that you recirculate that? And recirculate, and, and we, we seek agreements by correspondence, yes. Chair? Okay, I'll do that. Thank you. Um, so, we're moving on then to 5.9. Um, at page 21 of your table papers, there is an Executive Office Dallow response regarding the High Streets Task Force. Um, the paper attached describes a range of relevant existing initiatives ranging from public realm interventions in support of high-profile events, city deals and the ongoing Belfast City Centre Regeneration Task Force, as well as outlining um, the composition of the task force and the focus of its work. Um, and I'm sure this is something members will want to, to return to at a later date and we can seek updates. Chair, I think we might have missed 5-8. Oh, sorry. Just, I just wanted to get it on record. Um, so are members content to note 5.9 for now? Okay, so 5.8 then, um, page 19 of the table pack um, is a clerk's memo from the PAC to the clerk of the committee in, um, regarding case study 10 of the audit office's major capital project report, the um, UU Belfast campus expansion project. The PAC has now asserted its primacy on this issue and the economy committee must now step back from it until the PAC's work is concluded. So are members content? Yes. Yep, thank you. So 5.10 then, uh, page 26 of table pack is a response from St Mary's University College in relation to COVID cases um, and information collection. The response indicates that as teaching has moved online and students are not on campus, that the University College does not have up-to-date information. And if we maybe just take it in conjunction with 5.11 then, um, in terms of Strand Millis University College in relation to COVID uh, cases and information collection, this um, response indicates the University College collects information through a dedicated email address, as well as a quantum of tests and cases so far. So do members have any um, comments they want to make? John? Um, the Strand Millis response is, I have to say, is a bit more detailed than the St Mary's one, and there seems to be... Uh, as you said, dedicated email, etc., for recording students, even if they're off-site. Uh, and I'm sure St Mary's would be aware of who's not studying because they're self-isolating or, or they're unwell. If you're unwell, they can't study. So it's a pity there's not more information available there. But the point I do want to make is I had raised with the Minister on Monday or Tuesday in the Chamber around the initiatives that have been taken by the Scottish Government. I think they've £1.3 million towards health and well mental health and well-being of students. And I have to say the Minister's response was very positive, but she, she, I asked her to engage with the Health Minister by bringing forward a similar package, and she said she would. Would it be possible for the committee to write to the department, just ask for it to be kept updated on that? Chair, we, we have letters in to the Minister and the Health Minister about um, specific mental health support mm. for students. Um, those maybe went in a couple of weeks ago, so it would be useful tonight to find out exactly right. where they've gone okay. and what's happened across the executive. Okay, thank you. Okay then, um, moving on to item number six, there's an SL1 Post of Workers Agency Workers Order Northern Ireland 
um, and there is a clerk's memo at page 58 of your packs and correspondence from the Dallow at page 60. The Department proposes to make a statutory rule under powers conferred by Section 2, 2 of the European Communities Act 1972 and Article 28 of the Industrial Tribunals NI Order 1996. The purpose of this SR is to transpose amendments to the EU Posting of Workers Directive here. The directive establishes the employment rights and protections that apply to a worker when they are posted, i.e. sent temporarily to another EU member state. The hire of an agency worker will have to inform the agency if the worker is sent to work in an EU state. The proposed order will be subject to negative resolution procedure and it is intended it will come into operation on the day after it is made. This means that it will break the 21-day rule. The rule should have been transposed by the 30th of July, however this deadline was not met and as the EU has notified the UK that it intends to begin infraction, <coughs> there is a need to have the order in place. Um, this is the committee's opportunity to consider the policy as laid out in the SL1 as it's not possible to amend once the rule has been made and laid in the Assembly Business Office. So are members content with the policy? Yes, okay. thank you. Okay, moving on then to, uh, to item number seven, which is an SL1, the Health and Safety Consequential Amendments EU Exit Regulations NI 2020. There's a clerk's memo at page 68 and a correspondence from the Dalo at page 70. The department proposes to make an SR under powers conferred by section 11 and paragraph 11A1 of schedule two to the European Union Withdrawal Act 2018, 2018 C16. The main purpose of the SR is to replace references to exit day in certain legislation amended by those regulations with IP completion day. This SR does not make any policy changes but will ensure that our statute book operates properly following IP completion day at the end of the transition period. The proposed order will be subject to negative resolution procedure and it is intended the rule would come into operation immediately before IP completion day, breaking the 21-day rule. This is the committee's opportunity to consider the policies set out in the SL1 as it's not possible to amend once the rule has been laid. Um, are members content with the policy as outlined? Thank you, Chair. Um, and then item number eight, SL1 priority dispatch provisions of the EU electricity recast regulation 2019. There's a clerk's memo at page 74 and correspondence from the DALO at page 76. The department proposes to make an SR under the powers conferred by section 2.2 of the European Communities Act 1972. The statutory rule which is intended to come into operation on the day after um, it is made breaking the 21-day rule will amend the Electricity Priority Dispatch Regulations NI 2012 to confer with Article 12 of the EU Electricity Recast Regulations 2019. The SR is subject to negative resolution procedure before the Assembly and this is the Committee's opportunity to consider the policy set out in the SL1 as it's not possible to amend once the rule has been laid. Are members content with the policy direction? Mm -hmm. Thank you. Item number nine then, SR uh, 2020-236, the Insolvency Amendment 2016 Act Commencement Number 2 and Saving Provision Order Northern Ireland 2020. Um, the Insolvency Amendment 2016 Act Commencement Number 2 um, is at page 80 of your packs. Um, the SR does not require it being laid as it is a commencement order and is therefore for information only. So members content to note. Yeah. Item number 10 then, SR 2020-211, the Corporate Insolvency and Governance Act 2020, Coronavirus Amendment, a relevant period for meetings of registered societies and credit unions regulations, Northern Ireland 2020. 
um, the approved version of the Corporate Insolvency and Governance Act 2020 Coronavirus Amendment um, of relevant periods for meetings of registered credit unions is at page 85 of your packs. Um, the committee has previously agreed to um, the SR and this version rectifies a typo. Okay. So members can take note. Okay, moving on then to correspondence. At page 88 of your packs is correspondence from the department to ESF project promoters in relation to receiving an update on funding priority one, number one and two beneficiaries supported by the um, European Social Fund programme, which is due to end in March 2022. So it's to note, unless there's any comments. Can I just make a comment there, um, Chair, please? Yep. I think it might be worthwhile to invite Nick Burton to just to hear from their perspective what they. Uh, what their thoughts are on this EF or ESF uh, project and just the funding going forward. It might be worthwhile to just to get to touch base with that. Chair, we may actually have um more gaps in our far work programme than we anticipated. We've we've done some rearranging with the department. So we might be able to get them up pretty soon. Um, yeah. we try for that. And there's a few other things. There's a few others we yeah we want to try and get up as well. Okay. Uh, but we we see I'm, I'm going to suggest we try and get them in next week because we've now got a gap. Okay. Um, but we'll see how they go with that. Chair, thank you. Thanks. I think that this is going to be a big issue going forward, so we would need to maybe just um, get a bit of briefing on it. Okay. Thanks, Sinead. 11.2 then, at page 90 of your PACS correspondence from NUSUSI regarding student travel over the Christmas period. NUSUSI is seeking greater clarity on how strategies around student travel over the Christmas period and return to campus for semester two. Is being planned. Um, so, if members are happy, we will correspond with the department and raise these issues that have been highlighted. Sorry, John, go ahead. Sure. Uh, sure yeah. It's, it's on the news this morning that yeah. students can travel home. When, when you read the news story, it's students can travel home from England, but it doesn't clarify what's happening in Scotland or Wales. And indeed, I don't think we have a position here, but students traveling from here uh, across to Britain. So, can we get some clarity? Yeah. Exactly mm -hmm. what was announced this morning, who are the facts, and vice versa? Yeah. Did you want to come in or a similar point? Uh, yeah, it was the same point, it was just a little more detail. There was, mm. there was quite a bit of detail about, about students over a two-week period where the university would effectively say you can go today or tomorrow. Mm. So it's quite a controlled situation. Somebody has clearly thought about it, and clearly there's been little or no thought about it here. Um, but, but again, it doesn't clarify Wales or Scotland, it's, it's no, England, it's it refers Scotland to England. Yeah. 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 Okay, thank you. Um, 11.3, then there is correspondence to page 91 um, from Fermanagh and Oma District Council in relation to Project Stratum. Council members are concerned that rural areas most in need will not be prioritised in the rollout of the programme. Um, so are members content to receive a briefing from the council? We are. Um, we've, we've had a couple of delays on our Project Stratum update. Um, around the awarding of contracts. It, it should have happened, but they're, I'm not saying there are delays or anything like that. It's just it hasn't... I, in fact, maybe I shouldn't comment. Um, but it, it, it has meant that our um, briefing has been delayed on that. Um, the Minister referred to um, yesterday or Monday in the Chamber, and it, it was almost at completion. So It's very close. It is very close. Um, thanks, Pete. Sure. So at page um, 92 then of your packs, there is the 27th report of the examiner of statutory rules. Um, is to note, unless members have any comments. Noted. 11.5 then at page 29 of table pack, 
There's correspondence from an individual in regards to the TUI Belfast-based furlough extension refusal. Um, as this is a dispute between employers and workers, it is not uh, really appropriate for the committee to intervene. But um, if members are content, we will forward the correspondence to the Finance Minister as it appears to be an issue in which he may be able to seek advice. Read. Thank you, Chair. Um, and then if we move on, um, agenda number 12, um, the Forward Work Programme is at page 101 of your packs for November and December. And at page 32, there's an updated Forward Work Programme for November and December 2020. So um, that's probably... Those are now stage. wrong, Chair. <laughs> Those are, are now wrong. And we, we, we will be putting a new one in the new pack for next week. Um, so then moving on to um, number 13 is any other businesses, any other business businesses, even? <laughs> businesses? Um, has don't, any, don't go down no, that road. Nobody no. has yes. indicated anything. So. Not that I'm aware of, Chair, um, and that probably gives us a, a useful point to sure. suspend. So um, are, are we, will we be coming back live or will we go straight into the closed session? We're, we're going to go straight into the closed session. I've warned broadcasting, but we've warned them again because I'm just thinking they won't get the red light. Um, so yes, that's our intention. Okay. Okay. Well, look. Thanks, members. Thank you. Right there. Thank you. Thank you.